Welcome everybody to the Diecast Movie Podcast. For this episode, we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, dad. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. This is Steve Turk joining you and today I have an interview with Marley Renfro, who's an actor, showgirl, model, dancer. She's done a lot of extraordinary things in her lifetime, and I can't believe I'm lucky enough to have her on my show today. How are you doing today, Miss Renfro? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Wonderful. Enjoying this beautiful day. And for those who are wondering, we're recording this in um, early October. It's October 10th, and um, it is just, I'm in Maryland, she's in California, and it's just beautiful outside. Yes, it is. Here, too. And so... You and I got to meet at the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention a couple of months back, and uh, I'm so glad that Martin Grams, who runs the show, invited you to come out to because it was a pleasure to get to meet you. What what were some of your experiences or thoughts about the convention? Because this was your first time on the East Coast, correct? Uh, for a convention, yes. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, fans... Uh, the attendees uh, were just so gracious and and friendly and happy to see uh, not only me but uh, all the other celebrities there. Uh, I just I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed their enthusiasm. Uh, the uh, uh, producer and uh, a coordinator, uh, whatever he is, Martin. Graham, um, who uh, put on the Nostalgia Convention, uh, just was uh, so um, helpful and welcoming and gracious and whatever we wanted, you know, uh, was given to us just right away. And he had wonderful volunteers there. My goodness, they just treated you like royalty. I loved it. It just didn't, and the fans were... Uh, made me feel so welcome. Um, it was fun. That's fun. Now, for those that don't know Miss Renfro, if you're a movie fan, a, a, a true movie fan, you've mm-hmm. seen her a lot, many times in a certain movie that everybody has seen it as a true movie fan, and it's Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Because you yes. were the body double for Janet Lee in the shower scene, which is Correct. one of the most Probably if you were to do a top 10 favorites of mo- or the scenes that everybody knows in movie history, that has to be in the top 10 of virtually everybody's list that's seen Psycho. Definitely. It is. And, you know, at the time, I, I doubt very much if uh, any of us who worked on the film had any concept of the, uh, the uh, impact that uh, Psycho and the shower scene especially had on uh, on people on business on uh, on movies um it was truly the first graphic sort of a horror film graphic uh being that it was graphic in your mind because uh, it really didn't show anything happening it just looked like it might be scary it was and um, the knife was never close to me. He used, he made sure that it was a, um, a metal knife, a big butcher knife, but it was never really close to me. It's just, um, 
the camera angles made it look like it was. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how did you go about getting this role? How did Alfred Hitchcock find you? Well, um, I, at the time, I was a pinup model, and uh, I was also a nudist. So I was uh, very, I became a nudist basically to get a, a tan all over my body rather than having to do makeup. And uh, modeling then, pinup modeling then is very different from uh, today. It was uh, in a way chast. Uh, anyway, um, I loved uh, uh, the nudist camps going to them because uh, they played volleyball, and I'm a big fan of volleyball. I've, played it almost all my life, except not in the last few years. Um, but anyway, so I was very comfortable being without clothes. Um, I was working with a photographer this one day, uh, Mario Casilli is his name, um, back in the 60s and 70s, probably into the 80s. Uh, the um, television magazine, uh, TV Guide, uh, if there was a photograph on the cover, Mario was probably the one who shot the covers. But anyway, uh, when we were uh, through shooting for that day, he said, oh, they're looking for a a model or something over at uh, Universal. Actually, it was called UI then, Universal International. And uh, so he gave me a phone number, so I called it and talked to somebody and uh, made an appointment for, I don't know, next day or whenever. And so uh, I I talked to this man, and then uh, he sent me to Alfred Hitchcock, and that's what I found out. I'd be working with Alfred Hitchcock, which uh, just thrilled me beyond imagination because I was huge fan of uh, Mr. Hitchcock, just loved his talent and his genius. Anyway, um, I had to script for him, and he approved, and so then we went to see uh, Janet Lee, and I had to script for her, and they were comparing my body to hers, and we matched pretty close. So um, I was hired. I was hired for a couple of days, and I wound up working a week. And um, so I know, thinking back at, about it now, uh, I know that they expanded my part in the, uh, in the scene. So um, a couple of days later, probably on, I don't know what day. If, I, I remember it was December 1959, a week or so, maybe 10 mm-hmm. days before Christmas. But anyway, I show up. Uh, to and uh, for makeup and all of that, and I wore a wig, a gray wig that was curly, like uh, hair hairstyle, same as uh, Janet. And uh, so the um, makeup, one of the makeup men um, escorted me to the uh, um, soundstage where uh, the set was. Uh, actually, I went to the, uh, I viewed the soundstage when I was. Uh, went there for my interview. Uh, they took me there, and uh, uh, if you've never seen or been on a soundstage, it is huge. It's like this, uh, say, six times the size of a barn, a big barn. I mean, huge. And um, Our little set <laughs> was just in a, a small portion of it, and 
they had uh, other interiors of uh, psycho interior of the house uh, outside of the um, some, uh, outside of the uh, motel some of the rooms in there also but uh, that was about it so anyway uh, I'm all made up and we're walking there and uh, get to the door and there's this red light flashing and says no admittance and uh, close that and I thought wow so we opened the door and off to the right are a set of bleachers <laughs> um, I guess all men I don't know I just glanced at and I thought oh god they're thinking I'm a stripper or something like that here to see a show and uh so um I, all I had on was a pair of slippers and uh, a spear sucker uh striped uh, little cotton robe. Mm-hmm. So uh, we walk up uh, to the set, and uh, I'm waiting and stuff, and, he, and uh, um, Mr. Hitchcock says, uh, okay, now you're on. So I said, okay. So I just took off my um, robe and did a few stretching exercises and tried to, you know, look um, boring, you know, like, what I'm doing is boring or whatever. But uh, a few of the uh, people in the uh, stands in the bleachers were uh, uh, depressed. And I got a lot of nice, really nice complimentary uh, reviews on how I handled myself in this situation. So I know I did what I planned to do. I, it came off like I wanted. Well, that That's, I mean, I would, I was kind of surprised that you told me that so many people in the bleachers because I know yeah, it seems like I, I nowadays when they do the film and they don't put all those people there. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I know. Well, let's see. I I don't know, but I do. Um, that he had a talk with everybody who worked on the set. Uh, you know, everybody, all the uh, uh, photographers and whoever did the sets and everything. Uh, that uh, to be very professional, and they were. There's no sniggers or jokes or anything like that. Leering or just, uh, it was just like an everyday thing. And, uh, I mean, I was comfortable, uh, but it looked like everybody else was too. And uh, also, all of us had to sign a disclosure that we wouldn't talk about the film for I don't know how long. So um, I'm just going ahead now. A couple of months after I shot uh, uh, Psycho, (coughs) excuse me, Playboy flew me to Chicago to shoot shoot the uh, September 1960 issue, the cover. I'm on the cover of September 60. Mm -hmm. And also while there, I shot, uh, I'm in uh, two full pages in the July 60 issue. But um, while uh, uh, when I was um, getting ready to leave, we were discussing what I was going to be paying and all that. I found out that they were doing the finishing touches on the very first Playboy Club, which was in Chicago. So I asked Hef, uh, Hugh Hefner, mm-hmm. um, if I went back to Hollywood and uh, – uh, got my face and, and came back. Could I have a job there? And he said, sure. So I did. I went back to 
Hollywood and um, um, packed and moved to Chicago, and I got a job. I first started, I uh, worked at the door. Um, I, uh, you had to have a key, a, 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 I don't know, Playboy key. But anyway, I, I got this key and put it up on the magnetic door. But um, I noticed that uh, I was on a salary, and I noticed that the girls who were talk show waitresses were really making the money. So I asked, um, I don't know whether it was the manager or whoever of the club, if I could be a waitress. And he said, sure. And he says, do you have any experience? And I said, no. And he says, no, we just, we want, you know, only experience. So I quit. And I got a job at uh, the Cloisters, it's a jazz club in uh, Chicago, as a waitress. So I worked there, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks, something like that, and went back to Playboy and uh, told him I was experienced. So I got hired. So I, uh, I was in Chicago uh, probably early March to, I think, in two September. September, October, something like that. That's pretty. I mean, it's it's amazing how you knew Hugh Hefner, one of the first Playboy bunnies, and then Alfred Hitchcock. Going back to Psycho, was Anthony Perkins um, on the set when you were doing the filming for the shower scene? He was there occasionally. Uh, At the time, he uh, was in New York. I can't remember if he was rehearsing a play or in a play, one of the two. But uh, he could only come, you know, for a day or two. And um, um, so I worked with him. And when, when uh, they were uh, setting up, you know, for uh, setting up the camera and uh, the, uh, the um, bathtub, however, uh, wherever the camera's going to be shooting, um, we would play games mainly. We'd play uh, word games, uh, he and I and... Uh, the uh, uh, wardrobe lady, and I think somebody else. I think there were four of us, three or four of us. So that was fun. And he's just a very nice young man, really. Just nice, nice. Um, comfortable to be with. He was comfortable in himself, you know, just very well composed. Now, from uh, you said you signed a, a disclosure, non-disclosure agreement and for, you know, you couldn't talk about the movie or whatever for a while because I know – from when I've read that Alfred Hitchcock and Janet Lee were saying to everybody that it was all her. And it wasn't until later on that people found out that you were involved because you were not credited in the movie, but uh-huh. it was, but it was later when the the cat came out of the bag and, and it was revealed that you were just the double for her. Right. Right. Well, um, when I went to, uh, when I did the, uh, when I went to, um, Chicago for, uh, uh, the cover, uh, you know, I didn't even tell him I was in uh, uh, Psycho. I mean, it just didn't enter my mind because we weren't supposed to talk about it. So when, uh, when the uh, cover came out, um, I, you know, it wasn't mentioned. Uh, it, I, it's in 1966. Uh, they uh, had an article with their uh, most famous covers and I'm in there on that my cover is in there on that and there they mentioned you know that I was in Psycho my cover is uh, uh, like I'm sitting on a stool and uh, my back 
and it's a um, jigsaw puzzle. And the piece missing is, uh, you know, that's a, a skew, is um, uh, the bunny. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, in 19, you know, I never mentioned it. I mentioned it every once in a while, friends, you know, I mentioned it to them, but you know, uh, what do you do? I, cause, uh, um, soon, let's see a year, oh, da, 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 a year or two after I did that year and almost two years after I did psycho, um, um, I got married, and so uh, married and raised a family, so I, I really wasn't in the business as uh, uh, acting and stuff. We had a lot of friends in the business, but I wasn't doing anything actively. So, um, and so, you know, they knew, but nothing. And then in uh, 1985, um, I'm in uh, uh, Phoenix. I'm living in Phoenix for a few years. And I went to the library, and uh, the new releases, I see Janet Lee has a biography there, or autobiography. Mm-hmm. And so I picked it up, and I'm looking in the um, index, you know, for Psycho, and I'm going to the pages, and here she's talking about all the things she did, to, uh, had to do to be in the shower scene. She had looked at different cases and blah, 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 and everything, and not. She that she did the whole thing, and I put the book back. I thought, if she's lying about that, what else is she lying about? So I, I put the book back, and I, uh, when I worked on, I saw everything that she did in the shower scene, everything, and uh, this is from uh, 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 at the beginning when she's in the, the in the bathroom, ready to get into the uh, the tub. Um, and then, of course, at the very end, uh, you know, when she's on her head's on the floor and she's looking straight ahead, she had on uh, a full length uh, bathing suit that was a creamy tan color. That was it. And I've watched the show, see, I don't know how many times just to find out about, you know, me and her when we're on. And uh, the the camera never gets anywhere. Uh, further down from, say, her collarbone, uh, about maybe three inches, that's the lowest because she has on, a, you know, a swimsuit. Yeah. And Because uh, Hitchcock, he said to her, says, well, nobody uh, uh, takes a shower in a swimsuit. So that's how I was hired. Basically, if you don't see her face, front of her face, even the side of her face, her face, then that's me. It's the back of my head, my hands, my feet, my belly button, my whole body. That's me. Let's see. Uh, skip to around, let's see, the year, uh, say around 2009, I'd say. I think so. Yeah, 2009. I'm, I, I start buying... Uh, um, magazines that I was in. I didn't, I had a few, but I just uh, typed in my, put in uh, my name and search and when it would come up, then uh, if I'm in the magazine, it would show up and I'd start buying them. I didn't win, you know, the bid on every one, but um, this uh, one time I I won the bid from 
a buyer, I mean a seller, that I had lost the bid on, you know, a couple of days before. And so uh, uh, you can write a note to the seller when you're buying it. So I, I, I told her that that's me on the cover or whatever. Could have been uh, the Playboy cover book. I don't know. But anyway, I told her that's me on the cover. And she wrote back. She says, well, the, uh, uh, the last bid that you lost out on, the uh, person who won it uh, uh, was talking to me, or, you know, writing back a note um, that uh, he wanted to uh, uh, write an article or something on me. And so I thought, oh, I wonder what that is. So I, uh, I looked I, uh, on my bidding, you know, and found, uh, uh, I can't remember if he had a name or just, I just have a series of numbers up there. But anyway, I just typed on his, and I said, uh, uh, I, I said, I'm Marley Renfrew, and I understand you want to write an article about me. Well, it turned out it was uh, um, Robert Graysmith. He mm-hmm. wrote the Zodiac. Yep. So uh, he was a huge fan when he was 18, and I was modeling. In fact, he, he had uh, the cover of a Playboy uh, blown up, and he had it on his wall in his bedroom when he was 18. We started talking, and he said, no, I want to write your uh, biography. Uh, that's how um, the title of the book is uh, The Girl in Alfred Hitchcock Shower, and it's uh, not only a biography of me and my early adult life. I did a lot of things, really had a lot of fun. Anyway. Um, he just, I learned so much about uh, making uh, a cycle and doing the shower scene. And in the year, let's see, in uh, 2001, in the summer of 2001, uh, my husband and I were uh, spending the summer up in the mountains uh, outside of uh, Los Angeles, Big Bear Lake. And we were watching television, and uh, there was a, a new series of I've Got a Secret. And they said uh, on their, um, if uh, you have a secret, they flashed up a uh, 800 number, and, and they said, give a call. Well, I didn't have anything to write it down with, so I made sure I had a, a pad of paper and uh, a pencil a pen handy. So next time we watched it, I I wrote down the number and and called. And um, I I got a, uh, you know, a message machine. So it's the first time I've used this saying, but I've used it for so many times since then. I'm not famous, but I did uh, something famous. I was Janet Lee's acting double in the shower scene of Psycho. And I gave him my phone number. Well, I got a call right back, almost right back. And so uh, during, uh, they definitely wanted to have me on there. And while talking with them, I mentioned that I'm also on the cover of Playboy. And they said, oh, oh, bring uh, the magazine. We'll have it, uh, put it down in the, uh, on the coffee table in front of us. So I took it and I get to uh, the set at the, you know, the studios. It was Oxygen that put it on. I think that was uh, Oprah Winfrey's uh, station. Anyway, uh, one of the uh, uh, people that works on there, whether it's producer or whatever, say, oh, we got to call Playboy to get permission to have it, uh, you know, on there. 
So uh, she was gone for a few minutes, come back shaking her head. And uh, she said, uh, well, uh, they said, no, we couldn't have it on there. And uh, besides, she's dead. And we looked at each other, and I said, I don't think so. <laughs> so, so, well, you know, not, not not knowing what to say. And that's, and I completely forgot about that. I brought, and then when I was talking with uh, uh, Robert Graysmith, uh, I mentioned that. So I find out, really, I found out so much in his book, and I found out about uh, – um, me supposedly dying or being killed, it was, uh, I think her name was uh, Myra Davis. She was a model, and she posed for Saul Bass, who did the storyboard for, uh, I don't know, the whole cycle, but definitely for the shower scene. And so uh, somehow it was... Uh, um, and uh, in Hollywood, the, you know, in the know that she did the shower scene. And uh, some um, some um, handyman or something that killed her. And uh, so it, it was that uh, the shower scene, you know, double got uh, killed. So I never heard it. I didn't know about it until I read it in uh, Robert's book. Also in my book, it's, I'm in there every other chapter, and the other chapters are on this um, serial killer who lived in Hollywood. He had a fixation on psycho, and he targeted older women. He killed his aunt, and I don't know who all. But my parents lived in Hollywood, and uh, he lived about... I don't know, within a half a mile of where my parents lived. And I thought, oh, geez, I'm glad I didn't know about it then. I would have been worried. I know. It's, it's, it's amazing how people, you know, misconstrue because the one person, Myra Davis, was there for um, um lighting. So they would use her to set up the lighting and everything for Janet Lee's scenes. And then people just, because, again, you weren't listed in the credits, people just mixed the two up and said, oh, these, these two people are the same person and, and that yeah. kind of thing. But I did read the book, The Girl and Alfred Hitchcock Shower. And it, it, it is interesting because, like you said, one chapter is you. One chapter is based on the handyman. And um, it's 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 pretty gripping, you know, as he goes through. But, of course, what would you expect from, you know, Robert Graysmith? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and we finally met. Cause we didn't meet. We talked. We either talked on the phone or uh, email. Back and forth, I, I remember something that I did, you know, because I say it's uh, about my uh, adult life, and I think he got most of it that I could remember, you know. But um, I worked with, um, I can't remember if it was uh, fall of uh, 1960 or spring of 61, I worked with uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. Tonight for uh, sure. Yes. Uh, he was still a student at UCA, um, UCLA Met, um, Film School. Most of the outdoor shots, I can't remember where the interior shots were, but the outdoor shots were on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. You know, working with him, uh, uh, just a young man, uh, I just 
I likened his uh, directing uh, to uh, Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, he was so like him. He, he knew exactly what he wanted, was very succinct in uh, uh, telling you what he wanted and just very calm about it. Just It was so easy working with him. And um, so um, I've always said, you know, I've always told that story that he reminded me of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And I thought, this young man is going places. I, or I, I wouldn't doubt that he's going places. And, and then all he's done, and I've always felt so proud for him. Just um, I smile inside when I think about it. It's not many people that get the work with Alfred Hitchcock and Francis Ford Coppola and you only did two yeah. movies and you get both. I mean, it's, it's. Yeah. <laughs> and that right. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you were to do another movie, I don't know who you'd have to pick now. I mean, it'd have to be somebody that's either a rising star. I mean, I guess it'd have to be Spielberg or something, you know, just to, you know, to, to continue the, the trend. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only, only uh, genius uh, applies. <laughs> or, 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 you know, or you just happen to, you know, you're the good luck charm. If anybody was, a, anybody's a rising film director, they should realize. Look, Francis Ford Coppola and Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> saw something. I mean, this is this is, um, you know, the the, the person you want in the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Starting out your career when you when you were young. What made you decide to go into being a um, a dancer and a model and all that kind of stuff? Like, what was it like growing up? I was uh, into horses and volleyball, but horses definitely my whole life uh, owned them and and rode, and so that was my love, really. Um, and I, I uh, let's see, I, I guess I was a uh, I was a junior, I think a junior in high school, junior or sophomore in high school, when I was um, I, were, I was in a uh, beauty contest up at Big Bear. And um, then my very first job when I, I graduated from high, I graduated from high school when I was 17. Mm. And I got a job at a savings and loan uh, in uh, downtown Los Angeles. I don't remember how I I did some uh, 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 what advertising for them, maybe kind of cheesecake it away, but you know not really. And then um, I don't know how I got into doing uh, uh, more uh, beauty contests, but I did those on the weekends. And uh, the last one I did was uh, uh, down in Venice Beach. Uh, Actually, the girl, I came in second. The girl who won, uh, Barbara Thomason, something like that, uh, she won, um, real pretty girl, blonde hair. She wound up uh, marrying um, uh, Mickey Rooney. Oh. But anyway, uh, after, at the end of, you know, the, uh, uh, the contest, uh, um, a man approached me. He was. NTG, he was known as Niles T. Garland, but he he um, he told me about um, 
a hotel in Palm Springs, the El Mirador. He says they're looking for uh, models to pose around the pool and uh, to wear sundresses walking around on the grounds and stuff. And so I said, yes, I was interested. And so that was really my first uh, photography job. And then uh, after that, um, he told me that they're having a, uh, uh, an audition for uh, dancers to uh, go to Vegas uh, with a, uh, a group. And so um, I've always been uh, quick to learn. I had dancing lessons at Medlin Kitties when I was four, but imagine, you know, I'm not any professional dancer, but I learned quick. Everything, actually, I learned quick on anything. But uh, so I went to the uh, interview and was hired. And uh, there a total of six of us were hired. And so um, one of the girls uh, who was going up, she asked me, she said, do you have a, a, a ride up? And I said, no, it's going to go with my parents. And she says, well, I'm going up. You're welcome to come with me. So I rode with her. And, and she's, uh, we've been lifelong friends since then. Uh, Lori Summers is her name. But uh, we worked, we were uh, chorus dancers at the El Rancho Vegas. At the time, there were only like six or seven hotels on the Strip. So uh, it was uh, really a little town then, and basically everybody knew everybody. So uh, us six dancers, we, we danced behind our main dancer, Renee Molnar. I mean, she's the one with the high kicks and turns and everything, and we paraded around in our pretty dresses and stuff. <laughs> and I did a few little things, but really not too much. But we did a lot of things together. Like we would go to opening shows at that time. That's when when the stars were there for a few weeks, you know, two, three, six weeks even. And so we would go to openings or, or uh, close to it. And uh, we'd always get real good seats a lot of times up front because we'd be dressed in, you know, cocktail dresses and stuff. And, that you know, at, at that time, I just, I am so thankful. It was a wonderful time to be a girl. Uh, you could dress up and you wear hats and gloves and high heel shoes and nylons. Didn't have pantyhose. They weren't invented yet. Mm. It was a wonderful time. A lot of we all uh, had a lot of cocktail dresses. There's a shop in downtown uh, Las Vegas that uh, sold clothes, and and so Lori and I bought a lot of our dresses there. So, now, what were some so, of the people you saw in the shows that 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 our audience members might know? Uh, well, you mean that I worked with, worked with, or saw? Oh, okay. Well, uh, I worked with um, Lily Stacy. There, uh, Joe E. Lewis. Uh, they did his biography, and um, they made his bio filmed his biography. Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra portrayed him in the film, and they um, premiered it in Vegas. And we uh, we were dressed in our whatever costume we were wearing at that time. Uh, we acted as ushers in, at the um, Premiere, and that's the only time I've ever been to a premiere, and that's where I saw when a star came up on on the uh, 
the uh, screen for the first time, the audience clapped. And I'd never seen that before. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Mackie Cole. Uh, that Sammy King Cole? Oh, man. Yes, he was He was at the Sands. They were big. Uh, Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin. Oh, uh, uh, Lee, uh, Peggy Lee, and uh, played the lounge at uh, uh, the Sahara Hotel. She, they were right across the street. This is when you had really big, pretty big stars playing the lounges. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Keely Smith and Louis Freeman. Keely Smith played the lounge at the Sahara also. Uh, 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 let's see, what's that? Uh, 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 Joe Williams and Count Basie. Uh, Count- they were at the Dunes. The Dunes was a new hotel. Uh, it w- was built while I was there. So you've seen Count um, Basie, Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin, and, and, and all these ones. Oh, well, I can only imagine what was it like in the 60s, or late 50s, early 60s, seeing them perform. Uh-huh. Um, what, what, what was it like? Describe what was it like in, in one of the shows, like whether, whether it, you know, Count Basie or Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, what, what were they well, like? I mean, cause this is, this is when they were in their prime. Oh, I know. Well, you know, just, I just took everything for granted. So, um, anyway, uh, all the shows started off with, uh, dancers and they always had a comedian and, uh, sometimes, uh, there was another act and then the main uh, uh, person up there. Oh, dear. It was wonderful. I remember uh, sitting at the bar at the El Rancho. This was between shows, and my, um, Lori and I were just having a drink or whatever. And, and uh, one uh, stool over from me was uh, Natalie Wood. She was real pretty. I don't know who she was with or anything. Um, then, uh, one of the, uh, very, very wealthy women, uh, say, uh, I don't know, um, her last name was, uh, a big, big corporation and she had the biggest diamond I have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, that thing had to be over 20 carats. Twenty uh, people can't see it. My my eyes went huge when you said twenty carats. I was just like, yeah, "Geez!" No, oh, it was. It was it just you know she was just very co- well comfortable with it. She wasn't slicing it or anything. It was just part of it, I guess. It was big to me. <laughs> it's it's big to me too. I can only imagine seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one time, uh, uh, a few of us uh, went over to I can't remember which. Uh, hotel we uh, went, over, uh, went swimming in the pool just to sit around because you did that you just went to various hotels and and you know experience them but anyway um uh, uh a um lady there she's at the pool too she comes over thinking uh, i am janice page and wanted my uh, autograph. And I said, no, I'm not her. And she just went on. So I, she wasn't going to let me say no. So, because uh, I told her, no, that's not me. And she said, I know it's you. So <laughs> anyway, I just signed to mollify her. <laughs> I signed uh, Janice Page's name. At that time, Janice, well, this is in the uh, um, 
fifties, mid fifties, she was still a big movie star. She in the forties and the fifties, Janice Page. But anyway, we looked alike, I guess. I mean, and you're not going to persuade a fan because they're going to say, "Oh, they're always going to tell it's not them," and you know. And, oh and, yeah. And now she has yeah. a story to go with everybody. Well, she said it yes. wasn't her, but she gave me the autograph, and, and she has this great moment never knowing that she never met the person that she got the autograph yeah. from. Yeah, but still, that made her afternoon, I guess. <laughs> that is true. Now, you said you had a lifelong love of horse riding. Horses, okay, oh, horse. period. All, all my uh, my wall calendars, all are horses. And I live, I, and I live in Maryland. We have a lot of farms, you know, for, for ranch farms and ranches with the horses on them. So there's a lot of um, horsing going on. Right. This is like horse country in our area. Yes. And it's just it's just wonderful seeing that. But you had a you had an interesting horseback ride with a certain person. Yes, uh, I was living in uh, uh, Santa Monica, which is a beach. Uh, just uh, south of Malibu. Anyway, uh, I was a good friend with uh, Richard Donner, the uh, director, who has said been just really uh, done a lot of great things. But anyway, he calls me one day and he says, listen, he says, um, we're going to be filming um, uh, uh, on the beach at Malibu, if you want to come, you know, if you're not doing anything, come and you can, you know, just visit the set. And I said, okay. So I went there and uh, they were shooting um, Steve McQueen, his uh, Western series, uh, uh, Wanted Dead or Alive. So I'm watching there, you know, it's just standing around watching. And um, they take a break while they're uh, setting up the camera and stuff like that. All the things that they do, you know, when it's long breaks. And Steve comes over to me and he says, um, do you ride? And I said, yeah. And he says, you want to take a ride? And I said, yeah. So I don't know if I said yeah or not, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and so um, we both got horses and went, took off and went up on the beach of, uh, of Malibu. Uh, we in the surf, not way, you know, way in, but enough. So you're in water a little bit back and forth. And we weren't gone long, but uh, it was nice. I enjoyed it. And so we came back. I saw him uh, another time. Let's see. When I was in uh, Chicago, uh, I saw him. I was dating his manager, uh, Hillard Elkins, uh, one night we're out, um, I don't know, club hopping or something like that. Dinner. Anyway, uh, we stopped to, to see Steve. He was at one of the hotels. And so uh, uh, I just stayed back while they talked business or whatever. And then another time I saw Steve is when uh, I'm married with children. And uh, we're living up in the hills up uh out of Hollywood, we lived up in Nichols Canyon. Nichols Canyon is the first canyon east of Laurel Canyon. But anyway, we have a uh, uh, house up there, and, and there's a house just to our right, and it's further up a little bit, but it shares our driveway. You have to drive in front of our house to get to their house, and so I'm out uh, in my bathing suit. Oh, I have a Volkswagen. Um, bug, so I'm I'm washing it, and I have it out in front of the garage, 
and uh, Steve pulls up in his um, motorcycle, and uh, he asked about that house next to it. And uh, so we talked a bit, and I, you know, told him I, I really don't know. I said, uh, I, I said, as far as I know, it's been a rental, but I said it's been vacant, and it's been occupied. So we just talked a little bit. We never discussed uh, having seen each other before, but it was there. It was just very um, comfortable. So uh, he left, and that was it. Now, you said you were good friends with Richard Donner, who's one of my favorite directors. There's so many films of his that I love. What what was Richard Donner like? Uh, another, I, you know, people are nice. I, if I describe them as nice, they're all around nice. They're uh, uh, not moody. Uh, they're not, you know, giddy happy or anything like that. But they're just, and he's one of those, just a nice person. He just. He was a joy to be around, he, really, really. That's all I can say, really. I just remember watching his films, and it always seems that his sets would always be, you know, you hear about him, like, fun, and he just, he just liked to enjoy himself with the actors and the production and to get the job done, but to make it somewhat, you know, it's not tedious, but, you know, enjoyable as you're going through the experience. That sounds like him. He would have something like that, definitely. Make you feel easy, comfortable. You get a better job done, really, from the people that are uh, are working with you. Yeah, because if you like going to the work, you're going to be more happy. And if you hate going to work, then you're then you're always looking for another job, and then your productivity goes down. Right, right. Now, going back to the shower scene, you were in a documentary about literally the psycho shower scene, what, 78 slash 52? Correct. And wh- um, what was that like? Sev- oh, boy. 78, 52. Um, uh, 78 stands for that's how many frames are in just the shower scene alone. That's a lot for just a few minutes. And 52, that's how many camera setups there were just for the shower scene. So that's a lot. Um, It was uh, uh, created and directed, written and directed by uh, uh, Alexander Philippe. It's a masterpiece. It is. He he did a a brilliant job. It's uh, basically uh, interviews with... um, uh, people in the business, actors, directors, uh, photographers, uh, uh, musicians, uh, writers. Uh, and then it shows a lot of things, of course, about the movie. And But basically it talks about the impact that uh, the shower scene has had on uh, life itself, but uh, mainly in the uh, entertainment business. It premiered, and I'm in it a few times uh we shot it at a small studio in hollywood on um, santa monica boulevard but anyway um it premiered at the sundance film festival in uh, uh 2017 uh, and so i went up uh for that and uh, stayed with the production company uh um 
one of the houses that they rented. And that's the first time I've ever been to Sundance. And I really, my, uh, other than uh, uh, The Joker is Wild, that's the name of the uh, film uh, that Sinatra uh, uh, portrayed, where he portrayed Joe E. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, Joker is Wild. So anyway, um, that, that was wonderful. And oh, just had... Uh, let's see, I saw it, I don't know, two or three times there. I know always we did um, question and answers afterward. I thoroughly enjoyed that, interacting with the audience. And uh, so ISC uh, bought the uh, distribution rights uh, for the film to be shown in the Americas. And so um, when uh, Sundance was um, September. October, IFC flew me to Chicago or to New York, uh, and they had a they had a large booth at uh, Comic Con there. So I I spent a couple hours at the booth there signing autographs and stuff and promoting uh, seventy eight fifty two. But they had these schedules for so many interviews, uh, uh, time. Uh, um, Esquire, um, oh gee, I don't know. There were five anyway, all biggies. And well, the one time uh, that was um, shown on uh, CBS Sunday Morning uh, by their lead uh, film critic, uh, who is widely um, uh, respected, and. Uh, Anyway, uh, when I like when I went to time, as most of them, um, uh, they said, "Oh, it'll be about twenty minutes." Well, we I twenty minutes, no, because <laughs> every time you, I can answer yes or no, everything, every question I get, it's, it's a story already. You know, always comes up. There's a reason for you know whatever doing, and so it lasted forty minutes. So, um, but anyway, it just, oh, and they, oh, they put me up at the Marlton Hotel. It was built around the turn of the century. And it had uh, <clears throat> the uh, pipes and the, in uh, the bathroom were all exposed, but they were all copper or brass, uh, high ceilings and uh, the cornices. Oh it, oh, it was beautiful, delicious food. Down in the village, I that was just oh, and they uh, just they were so good to me. They had limousine service for me. They and they always accompanied me. Somebody from IFC or one of the subsidiaries. So that was uh, I enjoyed that thoroughly. There was a person I interviewed last year, Linda Joe Miller, um, who was in King Kong Escapes and um, stuff like that. And I, and I was asking her about films that she enjoyed when she was growing up or had an impact on her. And she mentioned Psycho, how she saw it when she was really young. And she said until – and from that point until, you know, all the way up to this day, she never gets a shower curtain unless it's clear. She always gets clear shower curtains because she wants to be able to see who's coming, and she always locks the door. Wow. That's the first time I've heard that, you know, about the clear shower curtain. Like, there's a lot of people who still lock the doors. Uh, there's a lot who, uh, I don't know for how long they wouldn't take a shower. Um, 
it's it's amazing the impact really it's had on people and they share it they always share it with me at the uh at the conventions or wherever i am um there was uh, something else i was thinking about oh um when was it last year no earlier this year uh I thought, uh, I'm, I'm 83, and I thought, well, uh, I have a lot. Uh, I have three boxes of my magazines, and I thought uh, I should uh, uh, autograph them, you know, sign on them. Otherwise, they're not worth anything. And it's, you know, it's like a, uh, a gold chest or whatever to my heirs. So I um, I pulled them all out and had them in stacks and uh, by month and everything. And it turns out I'm in a total of 68 different magazines. I'm on the cover of 15 and uh, centerfold seven. And this is that I know of. Yeah. So I was busy. I remember <laughs> when I, I bought the book from you at the convention, the girl in Alfred Hitchcock's shower, and um, you'd already pre-signed it. And it also had Robert Graysmith's autograph on it. Yeah. And you, you were telling me that because you're like, well, if something happens to me, everything's signed and it's ready. And that way they can, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, it's not like it, it's worthless without your signature, but obviously it's worth more with it uh-huh. and yeah. uh, but meeting you was just i think the icing on the cake because it's 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 one thing if you get a book with somebody's autograph on it but it's another thing when you're getting it from the person it's themselves right yes i agree now you've also had some interesting things with game shows where you were on one and you were a question oh on one. yes okay <laughs> and uh, i was living in phoenix and back to phoenix again and I uh, watching television. I liked, uh, I always watched uh, Wheel of Fortune and uh, followed by uh, Jeopardy. But uh, Wheel of Fortune, they came on and said they're coming to the Phoenix area, so-and-so date, and um, called this number to uh, get a reservation for the audition for the show. So, uh, uh Touch tone phones had come in quite a few months before, but I didn't have one. I had the rotary or the push button, too. No, I had a rotary phone. So uh, I dialed and dialed and dialed and dialed. I just kept dialing until I finally got a a ring. And so um, I had a number or whatever I had. Anyway, so I could go to the audition. And I, I know there were at least a thousand people at that. They had a huge auditorium, uh, whatever it was um, they rented for it. But um, we all had to uh, fill out uh, a sample if we could figure out what uh, it was. You know, the uh, puzzles, what the uh, um, what they were going for. Uh, you know, the title or a book or what you had to fill mm-hmm. in. You have to guess what it is. A few uh, uh, letters were in there. So um, do that. And then you had to, uh, of course, fill out personal information. And anything interesting, well, I put down there about psycho. And so they called me up and um, 
we had to do uh, how we looked. Uh, there were, they do uh, three at a time, go up, and how uh, you would uh, handle yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. So I passed all of that, and uh, uh, let's see, it was uh, November. Oh, okay. They scheduled me for November 14th. That was my mom's birthday to uh, tape it in uh, Burbank. So uh, I uh, I had my mom and my aunt, a real good family friend, go with me for the taping of it. I uh, and you, you draw numbers where you're going to stand. I wound up winning three out of four games. And so uh, the last, last uh, one, oh, and this is before you uh, got money. You had to, they, uh, they had a carousel, you know, with three uh, uh, settings, uh, depending on, you know, what the, you could choose. And then if there's any money left over, you got a gift certificate to um, uh, service merchandise. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, for the final uh, one, oh, on the way there, I told my mom, I said, oh, if I have a chance to uh, get a car, it's yours. It's for you. So, but I never got that. Our, my choices were um, a week trip to um, Switzerland, a baby grand piano, or $10,000 gift certificate to Van Cleef and Arpels. Well, that's what I chose. And uh, one of the one time I landed on a, uh, uh, not a square, but a, a you know a portion, and it said party. And it was, um, it turned out to be a, uh, a three or four nights at, uh, I guess four days, three nights at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel uh, over New Year's. They had a party, um, uh, like a Roaring Twenties party uh, for New Year's Eve night. And then uh, a, a limousine service to uh, the Rose Parade. We have beautiful seats. And then uh, to the Rose Bowl game, uh, limousine service there. And but anyway, my when my daughter and I uh, arrived there, I took my daughter with me, mm-hmm. and um, we found out that there was a Van Cleef and Arpels in Beverly Hills. So we checked into the hotel and then immediately went over to Van Cleef and Arpels. Well. We get in there, and a young man greets us and stuff. So I, I gave him my certificate, and and uh, he says, okay. I said, uh, although they told me that uh, if I couldn't find, you know, was it near a, your store, uh, that they have a catalog, and I could order from the catalog. And he says, it's just as well you found the store because the minimum price we have in the catalog is 10000 So... <laughs> So he took us down, and uh, we basically looked at um, semi-precious stones and gold, and uh, we selected something for me, for Aaron, my daughter, and my mom. So we all got something for that from that. Well, that's a wonderful keepsake because every each of you had something, and um, it yes. stays in the family as the generations yes. continue on. Uh huh. In fact, I wore one of the. Uh, I wore. Uh, at the convention, at the Nostalgia Convention, I wore uh, one of the necklaces I got had uh, four. It was long, long, long. It would go around my neck twice. But it was a real small little um, 
coral beads and then larger balls of filigree gold. And it's just a beautiful necklace. So I wore that nostalgia. And then the other uh, game show uh, I'm on twice uh, is uh, Jeopardy. My name and uh, is on uh, the question and answer, mm-hmm. you know, whichever one. But uh, uh, the first was on my 75th birthday. And how I remember that was, it was a big birthday and we were all partying at a local uh, Mexican restaurant. And I get a phone call there from Lori, my girlfriend in Hollywood, uh, telling me that I was on uh, Jeopardy. And so uh, I, after that, I, um, it happened so fast, you know, by, that we knew, you know, uh, uh, recorded it or anything. So I wrote the producer of the show and, and finally got, uh, they sent me a tape of the show. And then the uh, the last time is uh, uh, three years ago on Halloween night. They had it on again. And uh, I so I wrote the, um, the writers of the uh, show Jeopardy, thanking them, telling them how, how much it meant to me to be on Jeopardy because I'm such a huge fan of Jeopardy and I play it a lot. And, uh, I, so I said, if, you know, if any of anybody, you know, your writers or whoever, if they want any, uh, any would like an autographed, a picture or uh, several from me, uh, let me know and have them uh, tell me if they want it just autographed or make it personal, you know, just like whatever. So she wrote back and she, there was a long list of names. And some wanted just autograph, another personal. And then she ended it by saying, and I was the one who suggested you both times. And she was the, the head uh, editor or writer, head writer. That is just so nice of you to, you know, to reach out. And it's just amazing how you, you said a long list because the, the people were smart to realize your, your status in film history, you know, is, is locked in with that one movie with Psycho and that one scene. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just and, and all the other stuff you've done. It's it's I find it kind of fascinating. <laughs> well, you know, um, as I say, I always uh, preface that you know somebody knew that uh, I'm not famous, but I did something famous. Um, it didn't come out really uh, until uh, uh, Robert wrote my biography. And he's the one who uh, suggested to me to go to conventions. He suggested he knew about WonderCon up in San Francisco. So I contacted WonderCon and uh, yes, oh yes, we'd like to have you. So my husband and I drove up. I had very little. I didn't have my book yet. And I only had a few, I didn't know what anything about anything. And, um, so I had very little, but uh, uh, three young, uh, three young uh, uh, people, I guess early 20s, you know, stopped and talked. And, and uh, he just got a job at, uh, as an artist at, um, uh, oh, gee, uh, uh, work, uh, one, no, um, oh, I know the name. It's uh, Spielberg, work, something work. DreamWorks? 
DreamWorks just got a job of, uh, at the DreamWorks up in uh, San Francisco. So he showed up the next day with um, uh, a picture of a knife at my belly button and uh, uh, oh, lined the uh, the bottom and the right side with uh, you know advertising the movie Psycho. And instead of Janet's name, he put my name on there. So uh, I use I have copied that I don't know how many times that I, I his name got lost in you know just computer and whatever so I don't know his name and then at at there also um, uh, two guys stopped and they're both artists and and um, uh, John Eves is his name uh, he uh, does a lot of artwork for uh, Star Trek. A lot. Mm-hmm. He designs. Uh, he designs uh, the planes and and uh, parts of the planes and stuff. In fact, a couple years ago, uh, he uh, had my initials and my birth date as the uh, part number on there for uh, I don't know for some part of a I don't know a tank or whatever. Any anyway, so he designed a whole bunch of my. Um, uh, of my uh, posters, so so uh, and then uh, as I said, I didn't know what I was doing, and uh, there were two actors next to me. I can't remember their names. Gee whiz. Um, anyway, when I was setting up, they said, um, "Don't you plan on uh, just charging ten or ten dollars for your uh, autograph? It's twenty. Don't you forget that." <laughs> and I was planning on ten dollars, and I felt, you know, oh, that's high. And um, then also, he um, uh, told me about uh, um, a square up uh, uh, to, um, you know, be able to um, get um, credit cards. So that's uh, them. And then I met uh, Kathy Garver. She was down away from me. Mm-hmm. And I liked her poster, her banner. So uh, my daughter um, designed a banner for me, and I had it made up, you know, just locally. But it turned out good. I mean, I used it for years until, uh, let's see, a couple years ago when I met uh, uh, Chris Jones, uh, who uh, booked me uh, for my three conventions back east for uh Nostalgia, Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia, uh, Orlando Phantasm, which I just did, uh, got back from, that was the uh, beginning of of this month, and now in two weeks, I go up to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee for Fanboy, or it's over um, uh, Halloween weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. So he designed it and gave me a uh, a banner, which I, I've been using since he gave it to me. So anyway, uh, that's how it uh, came about that I, I am now known as doing, uh, um, as being uh, uh, the, um, you know, in the shower scene and the pu- publicity and the, um, uh, and it all started with really with uh, Robert Graysmith and his book, and then suggesting about do- going to conventions. 
I'm so glad that he suggested you do that because otherwise the people would, if he wouldn't have wrote the book, your, your story no. would be lost. And, and, yeah. and without being the credited thing, no, people thought you already were dead and thought you were somebody else. Right. And, yeah. And, you know, somebody a um, few years ago, couple, I guess it's up two, three years ago, said to me, oh, it's a shame, you know, uh, at the time you didn't get your recognition. And I said, no, actually, I said then it would have been just, you know, that's right, you know, and pass on with it. It just, it's just another thing. Now with it, uh, I have so enjoyed going to the conventions and talking to people and meeting so many nice people. It's just, I, you know, I, like I did, um, I think about seven wonder cons, first up in San Francisco, and then they moved down to uh, Anaheim, Orange County, across from uh, Disneyland. And I've had people come every year and always stop by and say hi. And I've seen kids grow and grandchildren grow and people get married. And and, um, uh, it's just, it's been wonderful. I've so so enjoyed it really it's given me a whole different life really now and i find that with a lot of people like yourself to go to conventions uh people don't realize it you know they're like shy sometimes oh, i don't want to go up and talk to them but you're there not only to let the fans you know to, to talk to them and things like that but you also love it where you get to talk and learn about them and, and yes go yes. up and talk to people right <laughs> Right. And I try and make them feel comfortable and welcome, you know, so oh, I you enjoy did. it. You did. I mean, it was meeting meeting you, and I remember um, we had that discussion. That's when I found out about you doing the game shows. And and and, and I think you, you had somebody with you that came out from California, and they didn't even know. Oh, yeah, Jessica. Now, I met her and her family at uh, about seven years ago at uh, – uh, WonderCon, and uh, I, I know her whole family. I, I'm just <laughs> so uh, my daughter. I, I think my daughter and my husband always um, accompanied me to uh, the conventions, and they were all local, basically around uh, Southern California, and then uh, one time in Vegas. But um, um, my daughter, took, my, my husband passed away about a year and a half ago. and, and uh, I'm so he, sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, what, it was so quick, it, really. Anyway, uh, anyway, my daughter is a, a high school counselor, and she could not take off a week to go to these conventions um, back east. So I contacted uh, Jessica and her mom. And, uh, I mean, Jessica's an adult, but I still wanted to, you know, talk to her mom about, you know, what possibility of, if, uh, you know, she would consider accompanying me because I can't do it on my own. I mm-hmm. cannot. I, I Even the local ones, I can't do it on my own. I can't handle all the, my luggage and then uh, all the uh, stuff that I take. Because I take like two extra suitcases, that's what I did, up to uh, the conventions back east. Anyway, I can't handle it. <laughs> so she said, yeah, she, and she's an actress, so, and she gets along great with everybody, and, and actually she does a lot of, uh, she helps out uh, at a lot of conventions locally here, so 
she knows a lot of people. So it's worked out great. It really has. She's uh, easy to be with, and just an, she's a nice kid. And she was she was nice to talk to also because I got to talk to both of you each day at the convention, and uh, it was just it was so nice, you know, to um, get to have those conversations. And I think that's what people when you go to these conventions feel for free. Don't you know? Try not to give in to fear. You know, go up and just start talking. And most of the people like yourself are going to put the the fans at at ease, and then yeah. and you and you'll have a nice conversation about different things. It doesn't always have to be about the movie they're in. It could be about other stuff. I mean, you know, not everybody's just one thing. Right. Right. And I'm so happy you you joined me because a lot of people still don't know who you are, as you said, it didn't come out till just really like a couple decades ago, almost with the book or a decade or so ago with the book. And right. it was just people realizing it. And for those that can't meet you at a convention that are in the Midwest or whatever, in other countries, they'll have a chance to know what your story was like and to, and to learn about you from this interview. And I'm so, I'm so appreciative that you were able to take time to do it for me. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm enjoyed it. I, I love to um, I love to talk to people, and as I say, I just love the Q and A. People asking questions, and and it's interesting, you know, the uh, questions they ask. Every time it, every once in a while, it's something brand new, <laughs> or a whole new um, um, topic. Oh, so. I, yep, that that's true. And this, like I said, for people that are out there, go up. And when you see the conventions, you know, just look at the schedules and see who's there and and meet people that you don't normally meet. I'm so glad Martin had you come out because I didn't know, you know, you existed. And, you know, until he brought you, I mean, I've seen your work. You know, everybody's seen Psycho. That, like I said, it's a movie fan. But I never associated you with because you're never listed in the credits, you know, right. and, until that thing. and. Then I saw seventy eight fifty two, and after talking to you, and um, it's just it's just it's so nice that you're finally getting the attention you deserve, and to learn these different stories that you were involved with. Yes, I well, like today, I've enjoyed talking with you. Oh, well, I've enjoyed talking with you too. But thank you very, very much, Miss Renfro, yeah. and. Um, for people that You're want welcome. to find out more about you, do you have anything on social media at all that they could? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, I, I, one day somebody will have to do it for me. I don't know. Um, get a website so I could uh, tell my things there and also, um, you know, talk and all of that. People, I correspond with people, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, it's been, uh, it's really been nice talking with you, Stephen. I've uh, enjoyed it very much. I've enjoyed it too. And, and thank you for doing it. And listeners, join us for our next episode where it either be a movie review decided by the roll of a die or another interview. I uh, hope everybody has a good day and stay safe and uh, do something fun today. There you go. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs>